Father, we lift you up. We, we take in these words and we accept this invitation that you give for us to lean back into your loving arms. So may that be the case, Father, with our, with our lives, that we would lean into your love, that we would put our rest, our peace, our trust in you. Father, be with us these, over these next moments as we look to your word. I pray that we would hear the voice of your spirit speaking to us, nudging us, challenging us, encouraging us through your word. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. It is good to be together with you at Covenant Family and worship together. I, I want to have you think about a question before we look at this passage in Psalms this morning. And the question is this, when things go badly for you or, or, or you're going through something, when things get difficult, how do you respond? Do you respond with anger or you get depressed or you get loud or you get quiet or or you get stoic, or you complain, or you smolder, or you lash out, or you roll with the punches. How do you respond when, when things get difficult? For every one of us, we, we are either right, we are either just coming out of, or we are right in the middle of, or we are right around the corner and about to experience some very difficult circumstances. We've been talking the last few weeks, receiving the encouragement from God's word that in the midst of those difficult circumstances, God invites us to find our rest in his presence and in his power. When we look at the passages this morning, I, I, we're going to look at and think about how God offers us, he, he puts in place these parameters in life which help remind us of how we can find rest in his presence and his power. And the two parameters that we'll look at that God gives us to help remind us of, of finding rest in his presence and power are, are the parameters of sleep and Sabbath. So we'll think about sleep and Sabbath by looking at one passage in Psalms and looking at a story from Exodus. You, many of you received a card that has the psalm uh, passage on it, Psalm 127, verse 1 through 2. If you have that card, that will be helpful. If anything, um, it's just helpful to, to keep some distractions in a, away. As you get distracted about that truck that goes by or that, that sweat trickling down your cheek, um, that, and you, you lose all sense of what was just said or where we were looking at in Scripture, the card is designed, just pull up that card and that'll remind you, oh yeah, this is, this is what we were talking about. So I, I first want you to listen with me to these words from Psalm 127, verses 1 and 2. And at first we'll just listen to verse 1, where it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. The Hebrew word for house has a double meaning. It means both house, the, the building, but it also means family. So it's kind of how we use the word home. It, it's house, yes, and it's also family. The Hebrew word for builders is a pun on that word for children. So the psalmist is both artfully and playfully pointing out that you cannot successfully build your house or your family without the work of God supporting 
your efforts. Now, for Hebrew men and women, this would have been a difficult thing to hear because from their perspective, they quite literally built their, their home, their family. The psalmist goes on in the next uh, part of the verse using a poetic term, or using a poetic thing called parallelism, and he repeats the same point he just made, but uses a different word picture. All right, he pictures a city being guarded by soldiers. Unless the watchman, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. Again, this would have been difficult for people to take in because they would have seen with their own eyes the good work that watchmen do. So how could we say that good work is in vain? No, no I, I think you know what, what the psalmist is pointing out here is not not the, the size of the work of the watchmen or the work of the builders, but he's pointing out the size of the work of the Lord. So again, his clear point is this. You cannot build or protect something important without the work of God supporting it. So the next verse, verse 2, goes on and he says, In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for your food for the Lord grants and now I lost I forget what that says for the Lord grants sleep to those he loves so he grants sleep to those he loves another way to translate or understand that is this that for while they sleep he provides for those he loves the Lord is providing for us even while we are sleeping. Farmers know this well, right? You depend on a certain balance of sun and rain to keep your to make your crops grow. There's plenty of work for you to do that impacts your crop as well. But we need God's activity in the growing of that crop. So, so just as it's obvious in this example, this third example of the, the crops growing, it's just as true in the first two examples. We need God's activity in the building of a healthy home, and we need God's activity in the guarding, the protecting of a city, just as much as we need God's activity in the growing of crops. So do you hear the point in this? We cannot protect or um, grow our family or our crop, we, we cannot do this without the supporting work of God. We need Him. So verse 2 goes on, it says, in vain you rise early and stay up late, right? So, so the question is, do, does, you know, I know sometimes I get up early because I want to get things done, right? So you're saying that's that's not helpful to get up early to get things done. Well, the psalmist is pointing out a specific error of our depending too heavily on our own effort and minimizing the work of God that is needed in a given scenario. So this is the temptation on which I want to focus for a moment. Sometimes in our dependence on the power and work of ourself, we have a lack of dependence on the power and work of God. Sometimes we sleep less and we work more because of our focus, our trust, our, our rest is in our 
work. Now, let me be clear, there's, there's nothing intrinsically wrong about staying up late or working long hours. What the psalmist is speaking against here is a perspective that glorifies the importance of our human effort and minimizes the importance of God's work. So here's what God reveals to me in this. My need for rest is God's gift of rest. Let me say that again as we we ponder that. My need for rest is God's gift of rest. I believe that sleep can be a spiritual exercise. Now, for some of you, that's your favorite thing I've said so far. Um, So, but but you can misapply that, right? Um, You can overplay that. But here's what I mean. Sleep can be a spiritual exercise. Imagine that every night when I go to bed, that, that I... I humbly concede before the Lord, God, the work that I've been doing today, the work that I spend my time doing with my family, with my job, whatever it is, the work I'm doing is now in your capable hands. It will not unravel because I sleep. You, God, will continue to provide and sustain while I sleep. You, God, you are God and I am not. You are strong and I am weak. Thank you, God, for your gift of rest. In that way, I think sleep can be a spiritual exercise. So you contrast this with, you know, our feverish efforts to squeeze in more, right? You think about the way that um, certain nights that, that I squeeze out sleep in order to shove in more work. Those are usually nights where my heart posture is focused more on the need for my effort and the greatness of my importance, and I'm likely minimizing the role that God is offering to play in a given scenario. In these moments, I can believe that if I squeeze out sleep, more work will earn for me the promotion I'm looking for, the the accomplishment I'm looking for, the notoriety that I'm looking for. All that I desire then then I'll feel rest for my soul. Or if I squeeze out sleep and I I, I take part in more binge watching, then that will earn for me the pleasant escape from the stress of my life. Then I'll feel rest for my soul. I'm not trying to encourage laziness or shame those who struggle with sleep, but I'm inviting you to consider that sleep can be a spiritual exercise. We all need sleep and we can receive that need for sleep as a gift that reminds us of our limits and God's limitlessness, of our weakness and God's provision. My need for sleep reminds me that I depend on a powerful God to do and to work when I cannot. Embrace your need for sleep and let it remind you to depend that to depend on God for that is where you find rest in his power. Rest for your soul in his power, not in yours. The second parameter that I want to mention that helps remind us uh, uh, to put our rest in God's power and presence is, is that of Sabbath. So how are, what is your practice of Sabbath in this season? 
we read a lot about the Sabbath in the Old Testament, where Sabbath was the, the Israelite practice of setting a day apart um, to rest. Six days they worked, and on the seventh day they were to rest, and that day was set apart to the Lord. So um, there's this fantastic story in Exodus 16, where the Israelites are wandering in the desert, and food is incredibly hard to come by, and God provides for them by when they are sleeping at night, God provides this manna, which is this bread-like substance that comes and forms on the ground in the morning. So they wake up, and there is food. All the food they want or need to eat is out there for them to, to go and enjoy. So then God tells them this interesting thing. He says, if you gather up so much food and save some for the next day, not trusting that I'm going to provide for you the next day, then, then what happens to that food? Well, it, it rots. He was teaching them to, provide, to, to trust in him each day and that he would provide for them again the next day. Here's the, the thing that he then did on the sixth day. He said, that's the day that I want you to gather twice as much because on the seventh day, on the Sabbath day, the day set apart for me, I don't want you to go out and work to gather it. I want you to trust that, that what you provided on the sixth day is going to last and be good on that seventh day. So why, why Sabbath keeping? Sabbath keeping was designed to help the Israelites find rest in God's power and God's presence. You know, for, for the Old Testament, Sabbath was the, the seventh day for, for followers of Jesus. In the New Testament, we see the practice turning around where after Jesus was resurrected on Sunday, the first day, followers of Jesus from that point on looked at and celebrated Sabbath, observed Sabbath on the first day of the week, Sunday, which is a little more common to our practice. It's this practice that is designed to help us find rest in God's power and God's presence. The practice of Sabbath keeping, this, it's practicing the practice of trusting in God's power and provision over and above our own. It's the practice of setting aside a day which we have more space to acknowledge the presence of God. So did you hear that? Sabbath keeping helps us practice finding rest in God's power and God's presence. Here's some practical Sabbath keeping advice that someone gave me once. And it was this. It was, if you work with your hands, then Sabbath rest with your mind. If you work with your mind, then Sabbath rest with your hands. So it's this, you know, kind of, kind of catchy but easy thing to remember. Um, if your job requires tons of mental strain and emotional, you know, exhaustion, then your Sabbath rest might be um, going for a bike ride or, or playing a game of tennis or doing something active outside. might even be yard work, all right? If your work involves your hands, maybe you're traveling, you, you have a, a job with lots of physical labor, then your Sabbath rest might involve something more like sitting down in an air-conditioned room reading a book. Now, maybe for some of you, your Sabbath rest always includes sitting down in an air-conditioned room reading a book, regardless of what your work was. But, but the point is, Sabbath rest helps us. It looks different for different people, but it helps us find rest in God's power and God's presence. So there's, there's one more thing that I want to mention in, in somewhat of, a, of an add-on as I think about 
the significant barrier that this next thing can cause us in finding our rest and power in the presence of God. And that is this. I don't have it on me right now. If I did, I'd pull it out. But our phones. If we would just drop our phone, put down our phone more often. The dopamine hits that I can get from this little device that is my phone provides countless bits of very temporary satisfaction, which I'm tempted to believe will bring rest for my soul. How many of us have sat down in in the morning with our Bible, with the intention of spending some time with the Lord in our Bible, and 5, 10, 15 minutes go by, and we realize that we've spent all that time checking our email or our socials or the latest news feed. If we're honest with ourselves, I wonder which of which we believe offers more desirable nourishment, a conversation with the Lord through his word, or 10 minutes of dopamine hits checking our phone. I believe there are times when putting our phone down and listening to the voice of the Spirit will help turn our gaze to the presence and power of God, in whom we find rest for our souls. We find rest in the power and presence of God. That is where we can depend on rest for our soul. I hope that you'll see and and live within this God-given parameters of sleep and Sabbath as they serve as gifts to help remind us that we find our rest in God's power and God's presence. Please pray with me. Father, we look to you. We look to you because we need you. I pray that as we look to you, we would find rest in your power and your presence. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.